Hello, morning. Hello, you. Welcome to our show about the two of us today. You got thumbs. I got thumbs. They're undecided in so many ways. That's a I'm good one. Zach. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I'm Zachary Ferguson, your humble but yet excited, I almost said erotic, uh, host. I guess I can be a little bit of both. Um, and then sitting many, 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 many miles away from me to my right is... Am I to your right? My name's Sam, by the way. It's Sam you. Ferguson. Yep. No relation. Uh, Depending on how I'm sitting, you're to my right. Yeah, which way are you facing right now? I'm uh, pointing towards Pittsburgh, but I don't know which side. I would, I would say it's, for clerical reasons, let's just say it is to the right. No, I <laughs> actually, right. I'm, I think you're more down. Anywho. Well, whatever um, direction, I'm the other host, and Zach loves to uh, introduce with a song, even though we begin with another song. Uh, but Zach has made it clear many a times that he wants to change the beginning song that we have. Well, I'm Even though it's, really, it's Bach. It's a classic Bach song. I just um, think the, the, the radio show that's before us is a comedy show. And I feel like people are kind of like... folk <laughs> radio. Yeah, they're like kind of in an uppity mood. So they're, they don't want to like go into, hello, I'm Zach. How are you? <laughs> I wonder how he's doing. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's good. The guy before well, uh, me. We'll have him on someday. Comedy is I was great. on his show. Yeah. Um, we so, you, what? How, uh, well, how are you, Sam? I'm fine. I'm a little, um, I'm Drunk fine. Do you need me now? Drunk, uh, and I need you now, specifically. <laughs> um, if you heard that, huh, that's a, uh, that wasn't Zachariah's laugh. That wasn't a carburetor that I'm working on. That wasn't a, a ghost that's roaming around our, our part or places where we're staying. It's it's a guest. We have a guest on today. Uh, we have Dave Colonna is here. What up, guys? Uh, hello, hello, Dave. He is from Thank the you. other Radio Free Brooklyn show, Dave and Giggles. Uh, so hence you, the name Dave. Hence the name oh. Dave, yes. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, no Giggles today. No, uh, we so, can dial I, him in if you want. If you really want to, <laughs> we can dial him in. I'm, uh, I'm always down for a little giggles. Actually, I just talk about some giggles. I just noticed what you're drinking, and uh, that did give me a little giggles. He's drinking a Corona. Did you Extra. do that ironically? I uh, have or, been drinking exclusive, exclusively Corona in the time of Corona. So yeah, you know. I all to you, man. I uh, here's the thing. I tried to get Corona that first week, uh, but it's like being like trying oh, out for the Olympics and they shut you down so hard the first time I was just crushed. So now I've just been drinking nothing, but well, not nothing, but, but I've been drinking PBR and other IPAs. I let's talk about, let's Corona. make this episode about alcoholism. <laughs> I think that's a good, uh, nothing wrong with alcoholism. I have, especially when you can't go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. I, I've been, I've realized I can't really drink hard liquor repeatedly because it, I wake up and my chest hurts. Ooh. So I realized the best drink for me is wine. Gucci mama. Mm. Ah, classic. Okay, very classic. That's. But it's um, always. I've what? always known that. But beer is fine, depending on the beer. But wine, I feel like it's a little bit easier to control because you can put in how much you want, and you can, you know, if you want only a little, you can put in a little with a beer. It's you know, it's the can. You do can. Mm. How many cans? 
So the thing with one is it's sweet. So after a while, it's just like it's, hurts teeth. It hurts. It hurts the teeth. I, am, I actually, I had a, a dentist appointment about three weeks ago, and of course, you know, they had to cancel it. Uh, but uh, like my teeth, I think I'm gonna go to the dent once this is. Once you know we're allowed keeping to on the uh, keeping on the film motif, it's kind of like um, uh, what's the uh, the Tom Hanks movie? Oh yes, I was thinking Castaway. Castaway. I honestly am thinking, you know what? Buy a fifty dollar used pair of uh, ice skates, skates and yeah. just do it myself. I mean, I know this is a video <laughs> show or a, a audio show, but I got oh, them on the wall. Oh, I got them wow. ready, to go. ready to go if I need it. Your, uh, I also like your probably it's like you don't ice skate yes but have you seen Castaway? <laughs> oh, okay. In case I need to do some at home dental work. <laughs> also, I think it's interesting as well. Do you have why the the red light? Is that is that like more soothing going, to the eyes? I was going with you're in a, like a yellow background, and can you uh, change the light? Yeah. So wow. oh my goodness, blue. You want to do like a little green? All right, well, let's get off of this conversation. Yellow, of, of, well, yeah. I was well, going, all right, I was so let's get in. To keep with, like, because you got a yellow thing. His brother's got a blue thing. Let's, let's keep in this uh, see, complimentary this, color. It looks scene. beautiful, guys. This is so uh, beautiful. I you know have to see it to believe it. I know we're talking about uh, film news at the moment, but uh, our topic is about coloring. And right now, uh, all, yeah. of our, like, all of our um, screens look so nicely, like, my face is completely red with a nice blue, oh, uh, blue background. I guess we'll have to upload a thumbnail because we just keep talking about we visuals. Have, we have, well, <laughs> um, we got Instagram, so. We have but, um, Instagram, don't we? Um, let's talk about some, some film news. So the one that I wanted to talk about that for some reason keeps popping up on my, um, on my what's it, um, like just random news thing is uh, people keep suggest or the reviews for the new Scoob movie. Oh my apparently, <laughs> apparently, I I don't know. For some reason, it, it's very want to some. For some reason, I want to watch it, even though it looks very cheesy. Will Forte as uh, Shaggy. Really? That's who yeah. that is. Yeah. I was wondering who the voice of that. Was. It didn't sound like the usual, like hey, hey, Scoop, what's going yep. on? Like the really high pitch. Right. But, and then uh, you have as um, what's the other dude's name? Scotty, Ralphie. What's that other guy? The other main yeah. guy in Bill Hader? No, no, no. The in Scooby Doo. In Scooby Doo. Oh, other... um, uh, Freddie. Fred. Freddie. Freddie is played by the guy from Neighbors, or the the really jacked looking dude who is in Seven. 17... Oh, Zach Efron. Zach Efron is Freddie. I think that's oh, interesting how wow. you referred to him as the guy from Seventeen, ag 17 again, again, and oh, not High School Musical. Yeah. Well, no, that's that's more your guys' generation. I guess, that high but, school, yeah, high school musical was like. I but was you had to know what 30s. was. I mean, we were kind of even too old for what it. What year was that? Did that come out? Uh, two thousand five. Two thousand five. I'm just gonna uh, spitball. Ooh, on his uh, on his IMDb page, Zach. Uh, two thousand six. I was close. Only High School Musical three is the first thing that pops. Well, up. that I mean that was the only movie. That was the only thing that had a theatrical release. The other two were just TV movies. Um, I was more of a High School Musical uh, 2 fan. Same. Anyways. Um, no, I was almost 30 when that came out. So, like, <laughs> I had nothing to do with High School Musical. But once again, it was still 
I think we were too old to be watching. Well, oh yeah, well you were probably what like teen. Zach was too old. Maybe it, I it was. It was definitely something that I I would have uh, tread lightly at high school telling people. Oh wait, not yeah. high school. That was middle school. No, yeah, that was that was eighth grade for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, right on the cusp. <laughs> Right on the, I was a teenager, right. ready to explore the world of music. Something I mean, I've been seeing. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, let's Something I saw and am interested in, and something I'm very fascinated about is this new, and it's a surprise that I'm fascinated by this, because I really wouldn't be, because I normally don't like superhero movies, and I wasn't a huge fan of the new Joker. I mean, it was fine by itself, but the new Batman movie is getting a lot of hype. First off, I love uh, Robert Patterson after Good Time. And like everyone is ripping about how like all of these Batman's before and all music are uh, like superhero films. They always have to get really jacked for these films. And meanwhile, you see Robert Patterson, and he looks like worse. Like he looks <laughs> more unhealthy. Like preparing for this movie, and like everyone just keeps saying this movie is going to be really raw. And then that's, that's like the main thing that everyone keeps talking about it. And with Robert Patterson being really raw and not Jack, uh, I actually feel like this is going to be maybe a different take on Batman compared to the last few. Maybe since, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, the, uh, the Adam Burton West one. Batman. Uh, maybe since the Adam West one. Maybe this is going to harken back to Adam, Adam with West. Pal, really... Bam, Zoom, and all that. Yeah. And the, run, so. the running bomb. Um, I, I'm going to ask you guys a question since I'm the yes. guest here. Yes, yes, makes sense. What was the best Batman? I have to say Batman Timber. I, I was the Timber one. See, when it comes to superheroes or like these kind of things, I always think there's something when you the first one you're introduced to is kind of like in Neb in like it's it's what is it? Like it casts a like a shadow on you that like you can't get it off. And I was raised with the Batman Tim Burden. Um or Tim Burton's Batman, and I rewatched it, and I love the cheesiness. You know, it's just it's so really it's cheesy. Jack it's so good. Jack is so good. He's great. Uh, and the thing I love the background behind it too. That like people were really, really angry with Michael Keaton being it. It's like if Zach Galifianakis got the role of mm -hmm. Batman. Yeah, and it's like, okay, yeah, he can lose weight and shave his beard, but he's a funny guy. And then you're like, whoa. Right. Yeah, Probably not the, Michael Keaton was like, kind of, I mean, it, it was a daring role for him to do it because it kind of killed his career for a little while. But he would do like really weird oddball comedies. And like he was a character. And like for them to be like Michael Keaton, I, I remember when it came out, I was 10. But I remember when it came out, everyone was like, why Michael Keaton is the worst idea possible. But he was he's literally, Mr. Mom. He's, he's the best Batman you could have. He really yeah. was. You really that, need to have insane, and that I think was the problem with the newest Dark Knight, or the new, like the, the Christopher Nolan, is the Dark Dark Knight was he was too sane. Like Christian Christian Bale, I think he smoothed it, smoothed his character too much. Yeah, and I didn't realize it until after the fact. But I do think I think Heath Ledger played a much more interesting Joker. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's hard to compare. It's apples and oranges. They're two different right. types of jokers. What's funny though, is my girlfriend, I, I introduced her very recently to the, the newest Tim Burton Batman. 
she had no idea that Jack Nicholson was Joker. And I was like, how, that is the first Joker I knew. Like that was even before anyone. The, like, that's the who animated I series, before I started reading comics, I always thought of that, a Joker as like this kind of chunky, Look. I mean, you know, always smiling. I mean, the yeah. movies are what dip, it dip, like made me think of what the superhero, it took sure. me forever until I realized Spider-Man had web slingers instead right. of having it shoot out of his wrists sure like, that was a um, huge awakening i think one of the greatest things about that batman and i will i will give that batman a little more credit for like story wise but like the story of what the joker did to to gotham which was uh infect all of beauty products spoilers i mean if you haven't seen <laughs> batman by now I'm kidding you're gonna have problems Go but ahead. It's an it infect all the beauty products so that every time I watch news now, I think of like all those newscasts from Batman where they're on camera, they're not wearing any makeup and they just look like, sh they look like shit. And, and you know, like these people now all on the news, they're at home, they're doing their own makeup. They have no green screen. They're just sitting in front of a wall. Yeah. I mean, we are in that Batman. That's interesting. That is so true. I think that's that is a great uh, because I always I I I haven't thought of that comparison, but when I do see them, I must think like I wonder. I hope the makeup department gets like a raise or a bonus when they get back to work. Like, all right, uh, Kellyanne, like <laughs> now you know why you need me. Mm -hmm. you know? that's crazy. Yeah. Um, um, trying to think if there's any other news. Um, I mean, there certainly is. Uh, oh, I think uh, I'll give you a little news. All right, go ahead. Uh, I think the uh, studio released pictures of the new Dune. Oh, yeah, I saw those. Yeah. Oh, I, I did see people those. who listen to the show know that I'm a longtime anti fan of Timothy Chalamet. Uh, uh, I agree. 100% agree. If you oh, yeah, we had this conversation about this. We talked well, about yeah. what, Zach? Wait, actually, sorry, I've just remembered. I think the the news that really made me go, I'll see this movie, is the new remake of, uh, of Scarface, um, directed oh, by the yeah. guy who did uh, yeah. um, Call Me By Mine. Call yeah. Me By Your Name. Your Name. By um, Your Name, and written by the Coen brothers. I was more interested I, with the Coen brothers than the director. I just um, think that's an interesting casting, or uh, pairing. Who's going to be... Uh... I think I think this is very new. I don't think they have oh. casted anything. Oh, okay. Uh, there was jokes about. Uh, <laughs> there was a joke I saw that it's going to be Timothy Chalamet and he's going to go say hello to my little friend and he points at his mustache. No, <laughs> 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 I would. I'm just so he's just too saturated right now for being not that good. Um, you know, um, I I still haven't seen Call Me by Your Name, so. Well, Dave. I have, Dave and I, well, mostly Dave really does not like Call Me By Your Name. I or, do not like Call Me By Your Name. For the reason uh, that's, I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about it. If you yeah, want to say I, it real I, quickly. I mean, yeah, we, we had the conversation one night and I felt like I was, I, I got to a point where I was yelling. Yeah, you were yelling at me. I was yelling and at you. I was you. like, I had no connection to this movie. <laughs> well, just like Batman, we want it raw on this show. Exactly. So give it to us. Uh, so I saw that. So the funny thing was, I think I was going to LA and I had like a good like six hours. And I watched that year, 
I watched all of the Academy Award nominations, basically on the way to LA. So I watched that. I watched that um, that movie where uh, something in the water, whatever that that one is. Oh yeah, Shape of Water. Shape of Water, and the Call Me by Your Name was the last one I watched. So I was like really, really at the end of my rope on movies for a while, mm-hmm. for for the end of that flight. And I'm watching it, and I'm just like, if this was a girl in Timothy Chalamet's role, the world would be up in arms that some older person was having an affair with an underage girl. And it's pedophile, pedophilia, but nobody's talking about it. It's a pedophilia movie, but nobody talks about it. No one ever really is. That's, yeah, nobody really talks about that. It's Timothy Chalamet. And yeah. it's, it's like if he can have a relationship, uh, he can have it with any old man. It doesn't wants. matter. Yeah, nobody cares. Nobody cares. But I will to... say the one thing about that movie is the directing is really good. I really loved the it use. It was pretty. Of, it was pretty. Um, yeah, it was. It was very. I mean, the Italian. He's an Italian director. Uh, his name is Luca Guadagnino. I'm sure uh, you pronounced that wrong. I'm sure you pronounced that wrong. Well, here's another yeah. thing, Dave. Long, You'll long find time out. Listeners we, of this <laughs> show also know. They realize uh, we are really great at pronouncing all the different yeah. names. Um, um, sometimes I surprise people. Zach never surprises me. Um, yeah. No offense. Um, ever? Not once he surprised you? No. I must have <laughs> I, there was surprised one, you once. There was one. No, Zach has never surprised me in anything. I'm always and like known that, him your whole life. That's in the last par. 15 How do you years, feel Zach? about that, Zach? That I'm, you, I'm, you are predictable in a way that your old brother thinks you are like milk toast. Not just like predictable. It, it's it just hurts, but then I'm and like, then I'm like, makes sense. Okay, I, I'm gonna learn Spanish or you know German, Sam, and you're gonna be all those languages away. make sense. You always talk about Spanish and German. You never say any other language because I already. <laughs> So never French has never come. If he said yeah, French, actually, you did learn French. Yeah. You did learn French. So that well, like maybe. Latin. Pick me Latin or something. You would have been like, exactly. yeah. You said pig. Anyways, um, the last bit of news I was gonna say is the can would have been happening right now. Mm. Um, R.I.P. And what mm. they're doing? Well, they're doing a few things instead. There, I think there is a streaming thing. Um, but you know, can's very picky about who sees things. Um, but if you do have Criterion Channel, um, do you have Criterion Channel, Dave? Do you have Criterion Channel? Uh, I have to get it from my friend. Okay, I will have it. My it's friend really is great. The, the, uh, I've told you he's the uh, head of audio over at Criterion. Oh, you did <gasps> tell me that. Oh yeah. my have, goodness, we actually we have two um, ends. We interviewed uh, like three episodes. One of the programmers. One of the heads of programmers. I did see that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know um, who that was, though. I didn't know who that was. Penelope Bartolette. She was really nice. Um, Bartlett. <laughs> strange interview. Um, see, that, never mind. You surprise me when you get it wrong. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I always try to pronounce it. Not that's what makes a relationship correctly. so interesting. But um, um, wait, what, so what about so uh, I Criterion said that in channel? the Criterion channel, they are showing, they have a special can thing where they're showing all past, uh, or not all past, but a few past uh, Palm d'Or winners. <gasps> and they also have a reference to the, um, in 1968, there was the Cannes Revolts where a bunch of films were uh, 
like Godard and uh, Truffaut and like all of those people were trying to be like in solidarity with a bunch of revolutions going on at the time. So they were like pulling their films. So there's those films that has like its own subcategory in the Criterion. So you're so it's really you're telling me nice. I can watch Pulp Fiction on Criterion Channel? Actually, they don't have Pulp Fiction, believe it or not. Well, watch that a lot of different places i feel yeah. like you don't need to go to the criterion channel to watch it i that need would... it to be on criterion channel for me to respect it no <laughs> i'm just kidding i uh is i did i did Tarantino show my Dons, is it even on um criterion it collection i feel like he's just they I mean, he'll I get know. you know maybe it's... one of his weird things no i think i know um uh, death proof well, would be put on if anything no the one with um uh the one that like his third movie with are you talking about uh with what's her name jack jackie Reed? brown jackie brown jackie brown i think is criterion chat or collection that would make also, sense because another michael keaton yeah yeah very underappreciated yeah. that From was I think, was wasn't that one of his like people are like oh michael keaton's bad or like one of yeah, that's that was like all of uh, Tarantino's first couple of movies. It was like, oh, yeah. look who he's got back. These guys. All right, so I'm going to turn you guys on to an uh, app that I love. Ooh. It's called uh, Yidio, spelled Y-I-D-I-O. If you type in, if you have Yidio, you type in any movie, it will tell you where you can, you can screen it. Yeah. Wow. It's really great. So I just typed in Pulp Fiction. You can watch that on Prime Video, Hulu, iTunes, Amazon, and Stars. Damn. Wow. Also, I want to say yeah. with Dave, Dave is the one that introduced me to TikTok, believe it or not. <laughs> I, he, did? I remember, yeah, you said like, I don't know, like a year a year ago, maybe. Off chance, I was like, like, oh, my niece. You were just like, there's this weird thing. There's this new app that everyone's watching. It's called TikTok. Because I think we were talking about, like, what are the kids, like, doing? And I was like, oh, I use Twitter. And he's like, what about TikTok? And I was like, never heard of that. No, never no heard I don't of have a watch. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's like... Um, it's half my age, have- you know, and I have, to th- I have to bring you into TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a TikTok, Dave? I do not have a TikTok. Uh, I do not understand TikTok. Uh, My niece is in love with TikTok, so I see all of her videos. How old is she? She's sixteen. She's sixteen. So like TikTok TikTok is very very big with sixteen year olds. Now what? What else? I feel like I'm not. um, TikTok just seems like Generation um, Z thing. Like it's a little bit. A little bit younger. It's a little bit younger than you, but she's also very into YouTubers, which I know uh-huh. we've had a conversation about. Mm-hmm. We're also into YouTubers. I was, yeah. Was or are? I was. YouTube, I'm not as interested in. Actually, Dave, I just um, recently got into YouTubers, and somebody who I've I would have to say I'm finally kind of done with my obsession with is have you ever heard of a guy named H3H3 production? I have not. I have not. He's like a mystery science theater 3000 but for YouTube videos. Um he his stuff has that same feel of a lot of YouTubers but he makes fun of them and they like attack him back. And I like this old gist but I recently was I got over it. um Sam you'll appreciate this because he was watching something uh, on cans and they showed Stanley Tucci and one he like 
butchered his last he's like Tachi and he's like oh, who's Stanley man. Tucci and I'm like I don't know Stanley Tucci uh, you don't know Stanley yeah. Tucci you have no business being in yeah. my conversation what else did he yeah, what else did me. he say Zach well it just the moment he was apparently there was a video where like some weirdo was trying to get people from cans to like do a shout out to H3H3 and this weirdo went out went up to Stanley Tucci and Ethan Klein, the main guy, is like, who's Stanley Tucci? And, like, this guy's the lost thing that, all respect. that worries me about YouTubers, like, YouTubers that are older than, who are 30 or older, is they still act like they're trying to be teenagers. Well, like that's they, been a thing for as long as... I as, know. I know. Like, there's the, the video games, like, there's, there's a generation of, like, 30-year-old men that will always be like, I don't want to grow up and I want to I want to be into the things that the kids are into and it just becomes this weird thing I will I will give you an instance I mean um so last year I think I was telling you Sam I went to um that gaming convention up in Boston I can't remember the name of it right now uh the Penny Arcade one whatever the hell it's called was it was it called PAX PAX Went to PAX. It's like this gaming convention up in, in uh, Boston. And my niece wanted to go so bad. She's like, can you bring me to PAX? Can you bring me to PAX? And I was like, what do you want to do with this PAX? You don't play video games. She just wanted to go see YouTubers. Mm-hmm. So it was this whole Twitch set section where they had YouTubers. So we went in this giant convention hall. And there was a YouTuber giving a presentation. And I say presentation in the most loosest possible thing you can imagine. Because he went up there and was like, hey, guys, I'm a YouTuber. I'm just going to take questions. And then he took questions for, from like as a, a line that is probably as long as Manhattan. It was the longest line of 13-year-old girls I've ever seen in my life. And they all went up there and they were all like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> what? And it was like the stupidest questions you could ever imagine. And like... There was like them, and then there was like their fathers in the audience, and then there was like a couple of weird dudes in the audience, and it was just it was the most uncomfortable thing I, I've ever experienced. And then when it was over, my we so that was like an hour, and then when, when that was over, my niece was like, I don't feel good, can we go? <laughs> so I went all the way to Boston for and bought these tickets for her to sit there for an hour to listen. She was to three me. years too old for that, was she? Was she? Was she sick because she realized that what she was doing <laughs> what she's was... become? Yeah, what she's, become. <laughs> she's like exactly. But the this one thing about YouTube that is interesting, if they can just it's break free. that mold, okay, that's yeah, free. But if you can just break that mold and you cannot be a child, like Casey Neistat was almost there, and then I feel like he just kind of fell. That was but your you, boy, right? That, that was, was my guy. Boy. Yeah, he was. I love Casey Neistat. He Sam was, was obsessed with that guy. I made How a many whole followers video on does it. He have now like 13 million Five. something like that um I but he started hanging out too much with the other youtubers and now he's moved to la and but that's what they all do that's he's what mr he's mr like you know his hair is all gelled and he's now a brand um well, dude by any oh sorry Go ahead, well i was, I was just gonna say to... if well i was just gonna say if they can break that mold and someone is like a serious like an adult but as a youtuber and knows how to create something and make it consistent, maybe do it like twice a month or something, but is able to not follow the same 
it's just so formulaic all of youtube right. things if you could just not make it that formula right it could be interesting but th- that was also like what they said about like uh howard stern like howard stern was like this guy who was just a shock jock and everybody mirrored him for the longest time and then it was like 10 years ago they realized that shock jock was not something that worked anymore and like everybody moved into a more serious role and like whether he did or not is up in the air i don't i don't really listen to him anymore but like that the the same thing you're saying is if you move into a more if you adapt with the times and you kind of adapt with the growing audience you could succeed but if you kind of maintain what you were doing or fall into a rhythm that just sucks yeah not gonna go well boring what were you gonna say zach well, I was just going to say, if um, I have no knowledge of these people, but if Dave has any knowledge, if any YouTuber has ascended into TV, because you see music, it, we talked about this, Sam and I, last week about how music video directors, Spike Jones and and that one guy who did some of the... <laughs> you know. Those, <laughs> yeah, that guy, yeah. He's, he wore pants. Um, I'm talking about this movie Sam and I watched called Juicy. Not great movie. Anyways, uh, well, he wasn't a YouTuber. Oh, no, but oh, no, I'm about just music videos. I'm just yeah. saying, like music video. I mean, that was on MTV. No one really expected anybody anything to come of those guys, but you know, some of them yeah. did transcend. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, do you have any? Like do you Michelle know anybody? Who- Michelle Gondry was a big one, but yeah, uh, I mean, the, I think more the YouTubers. I don't really know if there's any YouTubers that are on the like the back back end side like the film side i think it's more like you get out there because it's easy to do and anybody could do it and i think the only people who are ever going to really make something themselves because i think like justin bieber was a youtuber yeah and like i feel like it's more on the the actual talent side of being on camera that's going to get you somewhere i don't think you're going to be able to make like the best youtubes in the world and then some net or uh some you know like Spielberg's going to see you and be like, I want that guy to make something, you know, like I, I just don't see that happening, but I, who knows? Maybe I there are some, I think it's different for music. Like a lot of people like Taylor Swift, there's a whole thing with Taylor Swift, uh, Justin Bieber, and probably a few others who were found on YouTube, but I except mean, they that, were just singing except that Taylor Swift is like, a, she was, her dad is a record producer. Oh really? He owns his own record company. So like, okay, well that helps. But yeah, there was helps. there was a few there was definitely more people than I like I wouldn't be surprised besides just Justin Bieber maybe some smaller people but it was a thing in like the 2000s and 2010s that people were being discovered on YouTube but as with content creators I would say maybe the closest is this person Liza Koshy she she's still the YouTube personality but I still feel like she seems like an adult. Like, it doesn't seem like she's trying to be in a kid. It seems like even though she's still goofy, she is still very, she has grown and become much more professional in his interviewing. Like, she interviewed Barack Obama um, when he was still president. And she was, she was, like, she was really, I think she is probably the most professional YouTube, like, adult professional while still being YouTube. Um, but no, I think it's very hard. Um, Sam, I actually, I guess this is a open-ended question or more of a statement. Let's talk about coloring. Well, I was, I was more curious about just post-production working from home in general. Uh, uh, but we could talk a little was, bit about coloring. Yeah, I was, uh, I was. I well, was, I just uh, don't want to, 
I mean, I feel like Dave, you probably deal with color constantly. Uh, no, I, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I, I'm cool with uh, post production. I mean, heck, that's one third of uh, of uh, any sure. production, right? I think uh, the interesting thing when you talk about color, it's very interesting because uh, they don't teach color. Like you go to college, they don't teach color. They don't they teach don't. any of that. I mean, the interesting thing, and I've gone, I've, I've talked to a lot of like youngsters about color. I even, I put together a, a, a podcast about color for a while with Technicolor and it was uh, really yeah it was it was it was fun but it didn't last long but um, nobody knows anything about color at all like basically nobody when you go to college they don't teach you about it and like when you go to college they teach you you could be three things in film you could be a director you could be a cinematographer or you could be an an editor editor. that's Mm -hmm. it that's basically what they teach you and you know everyone goes for those things and then you come out and you're like i want to work in the film industry and then you got to be a pa and nobody even knew what that was when you first started doing it and then basically you just go get coffee for people for a while and then eventually you find yourself you know slide into a position that kind of fits your world a little bit as the student debt comes in right Right. But I mean, the, the chances of you hitting one of those director, editor, cinematographer, very slim, you know, very, it's like when you go to a movie and you watch the credits roll at the end, there's a billion jobs in the film industry, but still they only teach you about three in post-production and color alone. There's a million jobs like at my uh, work, we, there's a ton of people who do a d- bunch of different things. And only some of them actually a small percentage of actually actually color you know so mm-hmm. very interesting to when you you talk color because most people don't know what it is i end up i end up spending a lot of time when people ask me what i do for a living explaining that film is shot or whatever it, it is is shot a specific way where the color is ripped out and then my job is to put the color back in and that that like confounds people to no end they have no I- I love talking about it. I'm not a I'm not a colorist, but I was brief. Well, for a few months, I was trained to become a colorist at. Uh, well, I, you work at Technicolor Postworks. Uh, we're not the voice of any of the companies that we're about to say. I am not the voice of the mill, uh, which is where I work. I'm sure no one from the mill is going to hear this. Um, you never know. You who never knows? Know. They might. And then the next I day, I can say fired. whatever I want about uh, the mill. Um, they made cats. They didn't um, make cats. Um, they helped. Anyways, long topic. Um, but uh, I love talking about my part of film because I feel like people are always so they know nothing about technical. My my job is a technical operator, which is even more confusing because it's it's so broad. Like I I, I do so many different tasks, um, and I'm a bit further down the totem pole than Dave is, but still I'm doing like. I'm doing, I'm not coloring anything, but it's, it's a lot of knowing what to do with certain type of data and certain types of uh, film and, and where it goes and things and why you do it. Um, and I love well, saying t- it to them because they're always like with directing and editing and things, everyone gets it. Like everyone gets like all of those, like, oh, you just, you're cutting 
Right. Film that makes something. sense. You're directing. You point it over there. People, what to do? You're shooting a camera. You know, like, yeah. those are very basic, easy things. But then, with like the more technical parts of digital film, uh, and with coloring, which is another aspect of new modern uh, uh, digital film editing, um, like color. The thing that's fascinating about coloring to me is this: it the modern version of coloring, because I think in like the '70s they used to just put film in a vat for like a certain amount of time and they put it in rg like red green and blue vats for a certain amount of time but they would or hand cover light at it red, or, okay they would shine light through it for film and they would be called timers right like they would time it yeah um now, but what do you what do you mean by are you talking about so say um for instance uh alfred hitchcock's vertigo there's several scenes where and I always think that movie really pop. When I think of like pop, I know that's Technicolor. Is that what you mean by like they would shine a light at it, or would it be several different lights? Of be like, ooh, let's make her dress really. Well, green. they would they would shine. They would have red, green, and blue, and they would shine various lights through the film to to achieve the color that they wanted. So that's how they would do it. I mean, I've never done it. It's not like something that I ever did. Yeah. Like by the time I was around film was a thing of the past for the most part so i i don't know the process of which it what it where what it was so if you want a historical look at it you're talking to the wrong guy there's but that's that's what i've heard i will i will give, give you this though this is something that i know you know the first film that utilized digital color yeah a brother oh, something re- oh, bro- yeah really yeah. <laughs> well you oh, partially you told me that but I then also but you did. I didn't know that it was. It was also the first film that used LUTs, which is a very technical. Mm-hmm. People might not know what that is. Do, can you explain what is, LUTs? What <laughs> is LUTs? Um, except for like calling some like dumb dumb. I'm like you LUTs. LUTs. <laughs> well, that that that's it's tricky to explain without kind of showing you. But uh, the way I always describe it is. Um, you know when you you take a picture on your phone and you use the flash and that flash destroys the picture and half of it is blown out and the other yes. half is black and you can't see it at all all too well well they've they came up with a thing that pretty much avoids that scenario at all costs so they shoot log which basically strips out all the black all the white and most of the color so that when you're shooting something, you have a picture that has the most amount of information possible with nothing being blown out and nothing being too dark that you lose the information. So everything is right in the middle. So if you were to like look at it like a light, kind of like a light picture where like the top half is bright and the bottom half is dark. And if you looked at a a picture that had color, it would fill up the entire picture. With a log, everything is squeezed into the middle. So there's no brights, there's no darks, everything is straight in the middle. And you have as much information as possible in that shot. Then my job would be to go in and then stretch it out. Put the blacks back in, put the whites back in, the brights back in, put the color back in, and then pretty much match it across the board, give it a look, whatever it's gonna, whatever you do from that point on. But so, so a lot is called is is a short shortened term for lookup table, which is basically they set a lot in the camera or they set a lot 
outside of the camera in production so that when you you shoot something it goes from the camera which is shot log which is flat and then it goes through and this is all very exciting stuff i know you guys are very I'm excited no i'm honestly i'm learning from this i, I mean uh, yeah. i've been shooting on my camera for the last eight weeks yeah. man so you <laughs> so this you is a shoot that and it's all log and it's really narrow and it's all like stripped and everything and then typically that will go through a bunch of wires and make its way to a monitor that the director is looking at that has the color baked in which is a lookup table which is a set color that the cameraman and the director agree upon that they want it to look like in in post so the lookup table is basically like an Instagram setting that but sets the color to the shot. If they, so, but they also have like within some coloring softwares, like there's the, um, they have, you have like LUTs are already pre-programmed into There it. are some pre-programmed LUTs, yes. Because I mean, over the time they figured out that like if you're shooting an S log, which is a certain kind of log, this LUT will look good in it. Yeah. So like, they've, they've come up with certain LUTs that are like, staples and i've worked yeah. with a lot of directors or cameramen actually who like oh i really like the look of like fight club mm -hmm. and i found this lut that looks exactly like fight club and then they're like put this on everything and then i'm like guys you didn't shoot it like fight club so it's not going to look like but you could put whatever you want on it but it's never going to look like fight club and they're like, no, put it on there. It's going to be great. <laughs> put it on there and it looks like shit. So, I mean, it, it happens more, more often than not. Because there's, oh, no, there's no discipline to, yeah. uh, to what's going on. Yeah. So many will... people, since now, like, directors can shoot. You don't have to be as technical as a director nowadays. You think you can just Wait. achieve whatever you want. Right. So you think you can just throw whatever you want on there. That's interesting. Yeah. I actually, I never, I did, I never knew, uh, knew that about like, so there are LUTs that you could be like, wow, I really love that Terrence Malick movie. Go get me a Terrence Malick LUT. Yeah, but there are a lot of LUTs that are like named after certain movies or named after certain directors. Well, you need to shoot a it on a... Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's a thing. It's like, you have a lot of like colorists and cameramen out there who have a lot of spare time so they like will come up with these looks and then they'll save it. And then like, you could like pass lots along and like bring them into whatever color platform, or you could put, even put them in cameras so that they're like baked into shots and stuff like that. So when I was um, working at the mill, uh, the mill, one of the biggest films that we colored, um, Damien Van Cramian, Damien Van Cramian. <laughs> can't do it. I can't Come do on. It. We, we know. I just call him. <laughs> Sam, did, Sam does work at the mill, everybody, but oh, we find out you're like, actually like a janitor. Damien Van Which is uh, Colorist. Oh, the mill. He was a color. Okay. Damien Van Der Crayson. That's it. Van Cramian. Damien Crayson. <laughs> Damien Van Der Crayson. I, like, I like your other Damien one, though. Van Bob Schmob and Globen. Yes. No, so Damien Vanderkreisen, he's he is a very acclaimed uh, colorist who works at the mill. He most recently did, well, actually, most recently, he did the new Sofia Coppola film on the rocks. But oh. he's also did um, Good Time. And one did of the he things do waves? He, he did do waves. 
Um, the thing that he um, uh, did, oh, the colorists would do is they would take um, a frame from Good Time, and then they only had one layer. So typically, uh, a colorist would have like a bunch and bunch of layers, so they can really have as much manipulation as possible of a frame or series of frames. And they only had one layer to achieve the look that he had. So everyone was doing it and like seeing what how close they can get with one layer. Um, and I was wondering if you ever did anything like that where you had like colorist offs at Technicolor. Uh, I don't know if we've ever had colorist offs, but there is like a certain, um, uh, not I wouldn't say animosity, but there's like a lot of like, com- there's a competitiveness of colorists because I work with a lot of different ones and like, all of them at one point in my life have trashed someone else that I worked with. Being like, and like the, one of the biggest insults you could do as a colorist and be like, oh, that colorist just uses autocorrect. <laughs> so like that's the biggest insult you could use for another colorist. So if you want to be like, oh, he's an autocolor. He's an autocorrector. Because <laughs> in a lot of stuff, there's like a button you could press which will you know, automatically correct like the whites and the blacks and all that. So that's, that's, there you go. There's, there's my answer to that. I don't think I've ever done any competitions of being like, oh, but I definitely have had a lot of other films come to me where half of it was colored and I would have to match the other colorists. Mm -hmm. And that's always a pain in the ass because you have no idea what their workflow is or what they're using or anything. You just Mm -hmm. have to eye match it. And like, the competitive uh, competitive competition part of it's ripped out where you just have to you have to make it work or the yeah. the client is pissed is there a your, pro- go ahead sec well i was just going to say is there a program to figure out like their like kind of their workflow is it all just i guess you just said about you just eyeball it and be like okay yeah i mean the the thing about it is uh, the there's there's a lot of tools that help you out so there's a lot of um interface stuff where like it'll give you the exact level of black, the exact level of white. So like when you're cutting between the shots, you could see where the black jumps and then correct it so that it's in the same, same spot and the same, and the same with the white. So like there's, there's ways that you can match it almost exactly, but it's not an easy thing. Is this on DaVinci? There's DaVinci, yeah, DaVinci, I mean, you could pretty much use... You use Avid, but with Blackmagic plugin, right? That's your... Yeah, and and Resolve. I try to use, yeah. We at the Uh, mill... Go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, at at my uh, home office, now that I'm working out of my home, I have Resolve and and Avid, so I'm doing both. Resolve is really the best for any amateur... Like you should really like like the amount of things that we at the mill have the free version of of da, uh, DaVinci. Really? Like they They're well, we don't using the... we don't use like the colorist use Black Magic, but Black Magic alone. Um, but we like our department, which all we really do with color is we just throw a lot on things to and then pass make it, it to just pass it along. So we're not really doing coloring, but still like we are doing very minor color things uh, with just free version of DaVinci. Like you can do so much with DaVinci Resolve. And it's really something that I don't even think 
I knew about in college, I don't think, I don't know how much it advanced in college, how, how much it's advanced in a few years, but um, it is for, for any young color people out there, get Da Vinci for free. It is. Um, it is really great. I would suggest, I mean, if you want to work in film, especially if you want to work in post-production, one of the best things you could do for yourself is learn as much and as many platforms as possible. I mean, it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but you're going to be working with a lot of people where they're going to be bringing you stuff and you're going to have to figure out how to use it. So the longer you work in the, in the business, the more you just kind of get handed stuff and be like, Hey, figure this out. So, hey, you lud. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, like a sense from iMovie to resolve, I've used everything at some point in my life. Have you ever used Lightworks? I have. That's one I have not. Thanks. Because Sarah. I heard that Thelma <laughs> Shoemaker uses Lightworks. You don't and I, say. For and editing? I never, for well, editing, obviously. And I guess maybe it's not with coloring, but I've never heard of Lightworks before. I've never heard of. Know. I've never used it. And I thought I, you were missing Lightroom, but no, Lightworks is what to... it's called. And I, I, she liked it because I think maybe it was the closest, like whenever digital was becoming a thing, uh, and she was transitioning from film to digital, it was like the closest. It had the most that's... tools that were similar to film, so I think mm. that's why she liked it. And then it's still around, so she is... still just uses that. That's what um, she still a lot uses. Of old platforms. That yeah, I think it's just an, an old one. Yeah, that's she still uses it. The thumbnail for Lightworks looks like something out of like the beginning of uh, internet memes. It's well, like a, she's like probably a shark. the only PR. Like they can't afford PR, so they just have Thelma going around. I will not. About. I will not question her at all ever about anything, even. About um, but we have. We're gonna. We have about ten minutes left. Uh, Zach, you really, we are really gung ho yes. about your date. I want to know about your date. Day. Day. Did you have a good I, day today? I had a great day, everybody. Everything was just snapping, snapping, snapping. I, you know, I don't know about you guys, but uh, you know, uh, I've been having to make work for myself. I'm a medical vid- videographer. I guess that's what I, if I had to specify, I make movies for doctors. And it's been a little slow, so I've been doing a lot of tutorials, but everything just got dumped on my lap today. And I'm like, hooray, I'm employed for the next three months. And I got this new computer. Talk about working, uh, I've been working on iMovie for the last eight weeks, which is super- Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong, unless you have a 2011 computer that is really gum, like, I, I never expected to come back to it. So it was very slow, very choppy, and I, I kind of forgot a lot. So today was like the first day where I've been using Premiere and Adobe, and it's just, it's like a return. Now I can just be like, why leave my house? You know, I got projects out the Wahoo, yeah. and I got this. So, and it was a sunny day. Yeah, it was a beautiful day. Beautiful day. It was beautiful. I got rained on a little bit. It was like, oh, I wanted to ask you, so how far are you away from uh, Pittsburgh? Uh, Pittsburgh, I would say 10 minutes, 10 okay. minutes drive, 15, uh, we had on our show, minutes. We had on our show uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, our, our friend, uh, John Shannon, who's a musician and also owns the restaurant, um, Con, Con Alma. Um, 
Yeah, you said something about that. Alma. John Alma, I think. Hold on, let me just oh. make, double check that. John that, that. Yeah, Con Alma. Uh, it's it was voted the best new restaurant in Pittsburgh this in uh, February. It's a jazz restaurant. It's a jazz or... restaurant. Yeah, you should you All should right. totally go there. Mention uh, my name, David Giggles. Is it opening up, John? No, I think he's doing takeout though. So oh, okay, well, I yeah. will definitely drop your name. I I just even if it doesn't do, I just like going like, hey, you know, this, hey, I know, uh, yeah, yeah, make make that friendship. Yep. Uh, well, now yeah, that we we got Zach's day out of the way, let's finish it up uh, with some things that we've seen. Movies. Movie recommendation, TV show recommendation, but I mostly watch movies. So you go first, my friend, Sam. Oh, okay. um, and da- Dave is also a new friend, but uh, I guess uh, old I'll old, go first. old friend Sam. Um, I actually watched Pride and Prejudice. Uh, and zombies? No, oh, I just okay. Pride and Prejudice. Full stop. Mm. For the first time, <laughs> my um my girlfriend suggested I watch it, and I watched it, and it was very beautiful. Um, would I recommend it to people? Yeah, sure. I didn't really, I don't really love those kind of movies. I think they're really pretty. I think they're very, it was, I mean, it's kind of one of the, like the. Period pieces are tough. It's very period piece romantic. I just don't get Darcy, who's like the love interest. Uh, mm-hmm. He, he just seems, uh, what was I going to say? He. I don't know. There's just no conflict. I'm kind of just like the worst case scenario that's going to happen here is like everyone was still well like everyone was wealthy it's just mr darcy was like a billionaire and she was you know uh, like a millionaire maybe maybe like she had she was making 20 200 k a year or something and she was like living fine but she wasn't a billionaire and then she married the billionaire and then i was like nobody you had nobody you could reflect on I, i i did but it was pretty it was pretty i mean it was I honestly personally liked Emma more, which is the movie that came out recently. I know there was, it's a remake of, there was a one from the 90s, mm-hmm. uh, but I liked the Emma that just recently came out more so than Pride and Prejudice. Well, I said uh, that as a joke, but I threw on uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies one day because it was just on, and I actually really enjoyed that movie. All right, Zach, say your movie. We don't have that much time. Okay, the movie I saw real quick was The, um, the Man with the Golden Arm, they're doing a special on uh, Paul uh, Saul Bass uh, uh, movies, uh, and it stars Frank Sinatra, and the director is Otto. I don't have his last name in front of me, but everybody knows him as the original doc, uh, Mr. Freeze from the 1960 Batman. <laughs> but he's an acclaimed director. Uh, no, look it up. Uh, but it's a, I really liked it. I was actually falling asleep at one. Like, I was putting it on to kind of fall asleep to everything changed yes uh but everything changed and i thought frank sinatra i was like he's he's a heroin addict who like is going through withdrawal and this is 1950s too all right speed it up zach i thought it was really good i suggested everybody it's a worthwhile movie oh he also did seconds the director and also the dad from uh christmas story is the bad guy (laughs) Hmm. all right dave last but not least I'm watching two things right now, or I watch two things right now. One, I'm watching 
uh, The Last Dance uh, on ESPN. Yeah, I gotta watch and, that. Uh, it's, it's, it's very entertaining. I mean, I am a child of the 90s, not born in the 90s, so I was there and I, I, I remember that time very vividly and like the story of Michael Jordan is, is awesome. It's really great. And like watching the best person to ever play the game like and and the story around it is pretty awesome. It's really good. I I really encourage everyone to watch. I think it's probably the best thing to watch in quarantine because it, it kind of fills that gap of like sports and like kind of like live camaraderie like group activity. And then also it's it's a great story. Uh and then the other thing that I watched today or no it was yesterday was um have a good trip, which is just new yeah. on Netflix, which that. was uh, produced by um, uh, what's his name? Uh, his father just died from Seinfeld. Ben Stiller. Stiller. Ben Stiller. It's it's it's, it's an animated like stories of like Sting and Ben Stiller and all these people about how they tripped on acid or mushrooms. It's kind of it's, old it's, though, because it's from it had Anthony Bourdain is in it. It and did. It had, it did. Uh, it's a little bit it's probably from like Carrie Fisher was in it. Carrie Fisher's in it. She yeah. has some interesting stories. But it's cool cuz I feel like I I watched it and I'm going to have to edit it cuz we'll see how much time we have. But um I watched it and um like I'm I smoke on occasion. <gasps> My girlfriend doesn't smoke at all. She's like does not smoke and it makes her anxious. But we both enjoyed it. Like we both she felt better about being anxious about smoking. Mm. um because she's kind of saw in like some of the stories which it, it made sense of like it is it, it, it's not wrong it's like it, it does make you anxious sure. um but then in other of the stories you know it is also kind of fun sometimes so it goes both ways yeah um, I mean, that's a trip you have a good trip you have a bad trip sometimes yeah. it, sometimes it doesn't it's kind yeah. of like life it is like yeah life. Some, just sometimes much more you have a good day and then sometimes you're like oh man some days you get a new computer some days you got a computer from 2011 you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's hopefully the it doesn't today. reverse back um just another question and then i'm sorry you have to edit this but who was saving uh sarah silverman's friend because all the animatics look like it's scott ackerman and i know they're friends i don't Maybe it's Scott Ackerman. I don't think she ever said who it she was. She never said who it was. She never said who it was. Interesting. She just said I it was know. another comedian friend. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's the show for today. Good show. Uh, thanks Thank for you listening. So much. Thanks for coming, yeah. Dave. Yeah. Um, hope Bring you're well. When you're in studio, I'll come into yeah. the studio. I'll come to New York. Oh, there we go. With bells. Ding, ding, ding. Sounds All good. All right. Well, bye, everyone. Bye. This is going to be. Stay clean, Spider-Man. Bye.